Welcome to Silver Shades Podcast, created by Ogden House Senior Center. My name is Erika Rodriguez, and I will be your host in this weekly podcast created especially for you. On this podcast, we will discuss topics of importance to seniors and the community in general. We will also share stories and connect with other seniors in the city. Silver Shades will be released every Thursday at 3 p.m. with a new episode and a new special guest joining the show. Hi everyone, this is Zoe Tittle filling in for Erica Rodriguez. I'm here with Sabra Marcus, author of Only a Bad Dream, Childhood Memories of the Holocaust. In our last episode, Sabra was describing her family's life in Poland before the Second World War. We ended when her parents were forced to enter the Warsaw Ghetto. If you'd like to hear more about Sabra's life and story, we have copies of Sabra's book available at Ogden House for $25. You can call 403-279-2003 to place your order. A reminder that the Here to Tell photography exhibit is still ongoing here in Calgary located in the Edison building. It is an exhibit that shows the lives of Holocaust survivors, both with pictures and in their own words. The exhibit is open at 150 9th Avenue Southwest until July 3rd. For hours and more information, please visit heretotell.com. At this point, my parents like the rest of the Jews, had to march themselves into the concentration camp, actually better known as the Warsaw Ghetto. But it was the same thing. It was completely divided from the rest of humanity, no food coming in, nothing coming in, and you're watching children and adults and older people dying. Nobody raised a finger to help. Nobody offered, no one offered a crust of bread because you're going to starve tomorrow. If you give the, that crust of bread to those two little children, what will you eat tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So, Mama has those two beautiful young boys. They're about two years old. And she was outside in the fresh air with a few other women, and they all had their one or two or three children outside. Mama was going to run in to get some food for the kids or water or something. She, she needed to go inside. While she was inside organizing what she needed to bring out, a Nazi truck came by, grabbed all the children from all the women, including my twin little brothers, threw them on the truck and went off to a concentration camp where they would be murdered, all of them. Mama came out and shrieking hysterics, where are my children? There was no need to answer it because everyone was in the same condition, shrieking and crying, chasing after a truck. Well, I don't know how fast you can run, but uh, they didn't catch the truck. No one got their children. No one saw them again. And unfortunately for my mother, in the two or three months later, I was born. I was no substitute for two boys, for two beautiful two-year-old boys. My mother hated the fact that I was born, 
And for many years she told me, God gave me a girl instead of two boys? Why does he hate me like that? So from early in life I realized being a girl is not such a good thing. And I promised that I will be great at something. I will be so great that I will have the world standing on their feet screaming bravo and applauding me. Because Mama kept saying, all I have is you, a girl. But I know she loved me. She bathed me. She combed me. She, she found somebody to bring little dresses into the camp, into the ghetto. I have a picture of me. I am sitting on a chair. I am dressed so pretty. I don't look pretty. I mean, I have a sourpuss on my face, probably because I'm hungry because there was no food. Mama loved me in one way, and yet she never forgave the world for having murdered her family. So she had to run. She needed to give birth to me, and she needed to go. Papa had made some kind of, he did some hard work. He found that that building we were living in had a basement with a sub-basement and another sub-basement. And he, he organized it so that we, she's able to go. She's able to go and have a baby so she can go there and have me, give birth to me. Now, a sub-basement is a place where every rat in the world is happy to live in. And my father hired two little boys with long sticks, and they were sitting next to that wash basin that became my home. And they were beating up rats to get them away from biting me, from eating me. So, uh, as you can see in this picture, I was well taken care of, a beautiful little dress, and I have shoes or something on. And uh, I'm combed and I look happy. Well, my face is not so happy, but uh, it's there. It's a face. And uh, I know that my father kept saying that I had to be kept there for a very, very long time because all I wanted to do is scream. I didn't like the world. And then I was either screaming or totally silent for hours and hours and hours. There wasn't much food, and Mama didn't have much milk. And so she would find some food, Papa would find food, and even too young for that kind of stuff. Uh, she would eat it and munch it up to a porridge and put it in my mouth and kept me alive. And all this time, while I'm either screaming or crying or starving, my parents did their best, of course. But as much as you want to do the best about any situation, there are so many circumstances that may allow you to accomplish nothing. You can't get milk out of a stone. You can't get bread out of a chair. When there isn't, there isn't. Papa kept bribing a young Nazi. And my mother said, you're wasting your time. Those Nazis are so trained they, they are so brainwashed. Success is more than likely zero or none. And he said, I will do my best. I will keep trying. I'll keep trying. Mama had no, no belief that 
that Nazi would bend at all. And I don't know how long it had taken. It took a long time. Uh, Papa had sent originally one of the boys that was, the little boys that could sneak through barricades, would sneak out of the ghetto and they would buy things. Warsaw was still standing. Every day some other truck took out people to concentration camps, took out people to death camps. Poland, within no time at all, it didn't take very long, where the entire land of Poland had numerous, numerous concentration camps, death camps. You see, there's a new law in Poland as of, I think, about two years ago, yeah. where they said that the words Polish death camps must never be used. They are throwing people into prison for using the words Polish death camps. They weren't Polish. Pardon my language, the hell they weren't. What do you mean they weren't Polish death camps? Were they in China? Were they in India? No, they were in Poland. Yes, they were built by the Germans, by the Nazis, on Polish soil. They were built on Polish land. That makes them Polish death camps, where they murdered six million Jews, probably more than that. Anyway, they had trained their Nazi officers and soldiers to follow the law, their law, to a point where nothing anyone else had to say was of any value or to be believed. You, as a Nazi, had only one thought in mind. You followed the rules of Hitler. You love Hitler without any reservations. You give your life for darling Hitler. And here my father is trying to change the doctrination. He was indoctrinated to be a puppet that follows orders without question. And if he breaks those rules, of course, he will be severely punished, shot easily by one of his officers. And my father kept working from a different angle. That's the story I found out from my father many years later. He kept telling him that the time will come. The war will be over. You'll have nothing. You'll have only so many Jews you murdered, so many children you murdered and starved to death. I'm not doing that personally. No, but your war is doing it. You'll have no money. You'll have no future. Where's your wife? Where's, where are your children? Where is your fortune? Where is your lovely home to put a wife in? You'll have nothing. And my father kept building a very ugly black picture as to what his future would be. And it took quite some time. But slowly and surely, my father kept saying, I know people that have some serious money. I know people that like my wife and me. 
I have been kept a secret all this time. Because you see, children scream. And I'm a good screamer. I could have woken the entire death camp alive. I don't listen to stupid Jews. If you try to talk to me like this again, I will shoot you. And he could. Nobody would punish him. Nobody would reprimand him. A Jew misbehaved. I shot him. That's it. Okay, then put him in the garbage. Get him off the street. That would have meant nothing. Somehow it turned out that this young Nazi was there for quite some time. Usually you see new people. They come and they go and they go and they come. He was there for months and months and months on end. And it turned into a year. And it turned into two. Maybe more. I don't know. But as time went on, this little Nazi realized the war isn't going to be over in a week. And my father kept pushing that point. He says, this can go on for another four, five, six years, maybe ten years. Some wars go on forever. Some countries are still at war that started 40 years ago. And slowly, he could see the suffering of people that didn't do you any harm. It's not that he became human all of a sudden. Don't, don't get that far. Don't go that far. That Nazi was a Nazi and he was going to die a Nazi. And he was going to hate the very less Jew that was still breathing and put a knife in his heart. That was a Nazi. But somehow his own survival and development and as to what... My father kept posing the same question to him. What happens the minute the war is over? Tell me what happens to you. They will tell you go home, right? First, you don't even know if your home still exists. At war, you, you cannot direct the bombs where they go or where they don't go. You don't know if your parents are alive. You don't know if your girlfriend is alive. You don't know if there is a home to go back to. You don't know anything. So you need to defend yourself. You need to protect yourself. You need to do something to protect your future. At this moment, you have none other than serving the Reich, the Führer, you and your Hitler. You say something bad about Hitler and I will kill you. I'm not saying bad anything about anybody. How is he going to protect you when you finish the army? You're getting paid next to nothing. You can't hardly survive. You, all you soldiers, are begging for food from starving people or stealing it from us. How are you going to survive? You're going to go back to Germany and do what? That country is going to be destroyed as well. It's war. Bombs fall all over the place. I have no clue how long it took. But somehow, somewhere, some way, I don't know. Slowly but surely, Papa broke through him. and said to him, who's going to know? Nobody talks to Jews. You do it as infrequently as you possibly can. I don't know why. It, what the fascination is, why you keep talking to me, and I'm very grateful. But why can you and I not benefit from the war? It would be a crime you would do to yourself. 
it will be a crime you will be committing as against your own future wife and children. They will never be born because you'll always be broke. So you and I need to come to an agreement. You need to start looking for ways to get us out of here. What's another couple of Jews? Who gives a damn? You'll be killing millions. Get us out of here. At least have to your credit, if in case things go not your way, you save two of them. Papa still didn't say anything about having a baby. That by screaming can wake up the whole camp and have him shot for being a traitor. So, as I said, I don't know. Maybe it took two years. Maybe it took two and a half years. Maybe it took close to three years. But one bright day, a transaction was made. But it was made when we were outside the ghetto walls. Well, he could take all the diamonds and then shoot us for attempting to escape. So my parents were not raised by morons. And my mother kept the diamonds in this particular case in my diapers. So he can shoot my father and search him, there'll be nothing there. Can shoot my mother and search her, there'll be nothing there. It's sure as hell not gonna go through my diapers to look for it. Nobody's that smart. You are now, but you weren't a minute ago. One bright day, I don't know if it was day or evening or night, I know nothing. Always I know that Nazi had my parents dressed a certain way to look like very rich Polacks. Mm. He had smuggled things into the camp. Beautiful warm coat for my mother, jackets and stuff for my father, hats for both of them to look like the foreigners. Mm. You know, to us they were foreigners because the Jews didn't dress like this. Mm. And when he found out that there's a child included, he went totally insane. You, did, you lied to me. No, didn't lie to you. After all these lengthy negotiations, she showed up. And, well, you can leave her. No. No, no, no. She'll be quiet. And we will put rags in her mouth. She will be quiet. Well, I don't know on what happy day this happened. He was paid off. We were given directions where to go because we were aiming for Russia. No matter how bad the war was, Russia was so big, we can go to all the way to the other end of Russia where they didn't even hear of a German. Mm -hmm. So they made their transaction. I, I remember nothing. I know nothing. I am maybe getting close to two and a half at this point. I think, I don't know, again, I think. I'm trying, I'm doing as much as I can to get the right lineup of events, mm -hmm. you know, to find out. It's it's like the uh, Bad Abbott and Luca Stello story. Who's on first? I don't know, no, he's on second. And then, you know, 
that's how this was. Mm -hmm. Who or what came before the chicken, egg, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we started running. You ran in the daytime. Sorry, the other way around. You slept in the daytime. You found a hovel, a blown up building, or in a field in bushes. You stretched on your stomach in the field, covering yourself up with whatever was there. Uh, you slept. You kept silent. You kept still. At night, you ran. You were running, you were hiding, you were running, you were hiding. You can't run all that much because the sun, the, the, the moon is so bright. And so you have to be careful. And then you have to find farmer's field and dig with your fingers to hope find maybe a, a carrot that was left behind or a potato or something, anything that's edible. But let me warn you, don't eat raw potatoes. They'll make you sick as a dog. They'll make you so unbelievably sick. It's poisonous. You don't eat raw potatoes. It's horrific. You found a radish, a carrot, anything, anything. And you were running and hiding and running and hiding. And I was, I was taught. They didn't have to say, shh, with a finger to her lips. All Mama did is put her finger to her lips. That means silence. And if not, if I couldn't do the silence, I would put my hand against my mouth so that I wouldn't by accident speak or do something wrong. I have no clue, but it took almost forever. We had to make our way to the river. All I kept hearing, I, it, that in, in itself, I do remember, and I know I'm very young, People say nobody remembers. But when you hear the same sound again and again and again, it's like a mantra that's, that's dug its way into your brain and made engraving. Mm. The word bug. Why? Because that's the name of the river. We were going to the Bug River. Do I know what it is? No. I don't know what the word river is. All I remembered was bug. It was not in English, of course. It's, it's Russian, Polish. We were going to the Bug River. And the reason we were going to the Bug River, because there there were a bunch of mercenaries and a bunch of criminals that were waiting for Jews from everywhere and non-Jews for Polacks that wanted to escape into Russia. Because if you can get into Russia, cross the river, it's a huge, 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 huge river. You have to pay with mercenary money, not paper garbage. They called it garbage. You needed diamonds, you needed precious stones, you needed gold. That's how you paid to cross the river. Assuming they actually let you in once you did cross. Otherwise, you have just wasted all that funds. Yeah. And they send you back. And you get to die anyway. So that's where we're going. We're going to the Bug River.
You can tune in to hear more about Sabra next Thursday at 3 p.m. If you're looking for something to do in Calgary this weekend, the Here to Tell exhibit is open from 12 to 5. Head to heretotell.com for more information. We also have signed copies of Sabra's book available for purchase at Ogden House for $25. You can phone 403-279-2003 to place your order now. Thank you for listening to Silver Shades podcast. This podcast is available every Thursday at 3 p.m. with interesting topics and conversations for you. If you have any comments or want us to cover a particular topic, please refer to the contact form on the website silverchase.ca. You can find Silver Shades podcast on the website silverchase.ca, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcast. Remember, your experience and voice are important and make of the world a better place. Until next week.